You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjax.com. So the scripture that I'm going to teach on this morning, chosen by God himself for us to hear and reflect on this morning, comes from Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 41. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival, according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. And the father spanked it, the Lord of hosts, on the bottom thrice. (laughs) That doesn't show up in all translations. They don't mention the father's reaction. But I'm thinking, if that that was me, God the father might have taken me out right then. Like... They wouldn't have any quotes from me. Okay, but uh, uh, we only have the response of the mom. Why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why are you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And now we get to to the memory verse. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus grew. That is a difficult concept. Jesus grew. And some of you, like me, may be thinking Ricky Bobby, having an argument with his wife about the baby Jesus, and and her having to remind him that Jesus did grow, that he didn't always stay a baby. That basic truth, but it, We can lose it, right? Like Jesus grew. Jesus grew into a man. He grew in favor. He grew in in stature. He grew in wisdom. There's some serious implications to that. So let's take a look. Let's take a look at a couple of the things. The first thing that got me, though, was how does does Jesus, God in in, in the flesh, how does he grow in favor with God the Father? How is that even possible? It's not like Jesus, you know, was not on the, the, the good list and then he, all of a sudden he was. It wasn't like he went on to, to God's favor, but it was that he lived in God's favor and that he grew in, in God's favor. He grew in God the Father's favor. The best way that I, uh, that, that I, I could find to explain it was the idea of a regular relationship between a father and a child. Like when your child does something and your heart wells up, it's not, like, it's not like I didn't love you before and now I do, but they do something and your response is, is, is a welling up of the love that you, ex- that you have for that, for that person. And the father saw the son, Jesus, living the life, living in the love of the father, listening perfectly to the Holy Spirit, being obedient completely to the calling. 
And as he did that more and more, the father's heart welled up and he grew in favor. Why is that important for us? What is that, how, do, how does that even play into us? Well, that favor that, that Jesus earns, that Jesus earns by being obedient and doing those things is transferred to us. In the great exchange of the cross, our shame, our guilt is traded with the righteousness of Christ. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That's the work of Christ. Is that we no longer relate to God based on the things that we've done, but based on the things that Jesus done. Paul says, now, now we just have to live up to what we've already attained. We've already attained the favor of God. The same favor that he earned was given to us in that exchange on the cross when our shame was traded out. So this morning, some of you have felt desperate. You feel, I can't, I can't earn God's favor. You can't. But the good news is Jesus did. That in him, we become a new creation. We become a creation under God's favor. We become, the old is gone and the new has come. This is the language that we use to describe this process of us as believers, people that put their faith in him, receiving the favor of God. And now we can reap the benefits of living a life aligned with God, experiencing life the way it was intended. Okay, so Jesus, he grows in favor. He grows in stature, which just means that he, he, he grew physically. He wasn't, he wasn't always a baby. He wasn't always a tiny little thing. He grew, he grew into a man. I, I, we all grow in stature. Jesus also grew. I was going to make a, a fat joke about myself, but I'm not, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to live in that lie. Jesus grew in wisdom too. <laughs> Jesus grew. Craig already told me I need to lose five pounds this year. That, that, I need to make a resolution about that. He grew in wisdom. Now this one too is a tough one. This one is tough to think about. Jesus grew in wisdom, right? Unlike Ricky Bobby, who described the baby Jesus as cuddly, but not, you know, but still omnipotent. <laughs> the philosopher, he missed it because he was cuddly little baby Jesus. He wasn't omnipotent. He was a baby, just like us. God took on the form of a servant. He took on a human flesh and blood in the form of Jesus. In Philippians, it says that he emptied himself. He emptied himself of those divine attributes that he couldn't have as a man. Jesus, fully God, but fully man, just like us. Why? So we could identify with him. So we could look to him as an example, not as super baby, not as, not as superman, that, 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 can't, that we can't live a life similar to him because he was just totally and entirely different. We can look to Jesus. Jesus was a man and he grew in wisdom, just like we do. Think of the picture. You know, that's why I included that whole passage. That picture of Jesus, the one who, who's described as through him all things were created. The, the, the living word of God, Jesus, sitting at the feet of human teachers as they teach him the written word of God. Think of that picture. That is incredibly humbling. To think that God would travel this, this great distance from being God of the universe to taking on flesh and blood 
humbling himself to being a baby, growing up as a child, listening to the created teach the very words inspired by his presence. That's the picture that we have of Jesus and learning the word of God the same way that we learn the word of God, growing in wisdom just like we do, listening, asking questions. He didn't just know everything. Because a lot of us, you know, we can just dismiss it. Well, Jesus was God, you know, like there's people, well, you know, the Bible's really not that important to me. Well, Jesus relied on the Bible a lot. Yeah, but he knew it all. He did know it, but it's because he learned it. It's because he filled his mind with it, because he meditated on scripture, because he listened to it being taught, because he taught it himself. Just like us. Jesus, fully human. Just like any other human, he had to grow and to learn and to rely on God for everything. And so you're like, okay, you're on shaky ground here. No, listen, think of this. Jesus says at one point, he's like, I can't do anything. I can't do anything by myself. I can only do what I see the Father doing. And when I see the Father doing it, it's through God, the Holy Spirit, that I'm able to actually do these things. He is the one that empowers him. It's the Holy Spirit. When Jesus walks on water, when Jesus heals, when Jesus knows things that there's no way he could have possibly known about a person's life, that is a result of the Holy Spirit revealing it in Jesus, just like he does with us. That same power available to us. That's what he tells us in the form of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, just like us, goes around by the power of the Spirit doing the ministry that he's called us to do. So, Jesus grows. How, how much more does that mean that we should be growing? If we want to be like Jesus, we should be growing in wisdom. We should be looking to do the same things that Jesus is doing. And inevitably, you get to this question of knowledge and knowing and understanding versus experience. I don't, I don't know why it is, but it seems like it's just, it's just always there. You have people that will say, well, no, I just, you know, it's not about understanding. I don't, you know, I don't need to read it. I don't need to know it because I can go and experience it. And that's where it is, you know? Oh, it's just so awesome. I just feel it. And then you've got other people that are like, I don't care what you feel. I'm going to tell you a verse. I'm going to tell, ah, oh, yeah, this is what's going on. And there's people that, that it's all about what they know and what they can understand in their mind. And we set it, it seems like we set them opposed to each other. <laughs> Did anybody watch Wicked? Wicked was, in, it was awesome. So it inspired me to go and read The Wizard of Oz. So I'm reading The Wizard of Oz with my son. And I come to this great exchange between, <laughs> between the scarecrow and the woodman. And it just captures where, where people end up. The scarecrow says a fool wouldn't know what to do with a heart if he had one. That's why I want a brain. That's more important. The scarecrow and the tin woodman, they're, they're arguing over what's more important, the brain or the heart. And he said a fool wouldn't know what to do with a heart. And the woodman says, ah, brains don't make anybody happy. And happiness is the best thing in the world. It's this argument that has gone on, I think, forever of knowledge and understanding versus experience. And we, as a church, need to be growing in both areas. We need to be able to be balanced in both of our experience and our knowledge. For some of us, you know, some of us have great experiences, and then we say things like, I don't feel the same way I used to. 
You know, we're just looking for our next, we're like a junkie. I'm just looking for my next high, man. I'm just looking for my next Sunday. I got to just make it through Sunday. Just got to make it through to Sunday so they can have that high, so they can experience it. We feel blown as the scripture talks about back and forth from highs and lows because we're just driven by emotion or experience. We're lacking consistency. We need to grow in the area of understanding so that we can put in context the things that we're experiencing so that we can understand. You know, I I hear this so many times. People come to River City Church and they're like, I don't understand it. I come to church and as soon as I walk in, I just start crying. Nobody said anything. Worship hasn't even started and I'm just crying and I cry all the way through the service. I don't know why that is. I, that, that's, that's something that I hear all the time. And people are experiencing something. They're experiencing God. God is touching them. And now they need a context for understanding that. Who is this person who's pursuing me like this? Why, why is my body reacting the way it is? We come to an understanding of what we're experiencing. And some of us, we know all the right things. Some of us, man, we know all the verses. We know all the scripture. But we just don't experience it. We know that God loves us in our, in our mind, but man, I, I just don't feel it. I haven't experienced it. And for those people, we need to grow in the area of experience. We need to go to things like Ignite. You don't need another Bible study. You need to go soak. You need to go be in the presence of God and experience him. Knowledge and understanding is not any more beneficial than experience. The two go hand in hand that we need to grow in both areas. Paul, at one point, is dealing with the Corinthian church. And he says this in in chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. He says, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready. You were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you were still not ready. Paul is making this point that you are confessing Christ. You are Christians. You've put your faith in him, but your life is not being transformed. You're not allowing God to bring transformation in your life. You continue to indulge in sexual sin. You continue to fight among yourselves. You continue to be corrupted by selfish, worldly ways. You continue to be shallow in the understanding and the practice of your faith. And so so Paul levels this rebuke of you need to be growing. You need to go to solid food. You understand in the milk, the milk, the picture is of an infant and and the milk of life. The very, the, the, the milk of the gospel, the good news of what Jesus has done, the sweet milk, the knowledge of what the Father has accomplished for us in sending the Holy Spirit and empowering us to be changed. But some of us, some of us are ready for the next thing. We're ready for solid food. We have grown in stature. I was thinking about, you remember Of Mice and Men? Like, I think we had to read it in school and stuff. Of Mice and Men, you know, the main guy, or one of the main guys is Lenny. And he's this big mass of a man. He's a huge guy, but he has the understanding of a child. He has incredible power, but very little maturity. 
And that's the picture that I have when, when I read what Paul is writing. He's saying, you guys, you're out of, you're out of whack. You've grown in stature, but not in understanding, not in maturity. You have incredible power at your resources, but you, you don't understand yet how to use it. You're not allowing it to transform and to change you. You need to move on to solid food. Some of us, that's where we are. And some of us, the ones that right now, like you, you may have amened that just a little too strongly in your head. You're like, amen, that's, those people, man, they need to, that's what they need. I'll tell them, I'll give them the Bible verses they need. This is what they need. Some of you, don't forsake the milk. Don't forsake the milk. It's not an either or. He's saying, look, you were on the milk, now you're onto the solid food. But some of us have been on solid food for so long that we've forsaken the milk. We're so busy, busy studying the four horse of the apocalypse that we've forgotten the fact that God loves us. We're so busy arguing over whether or not it should be the NIV, the NIV 84, the ESV, or the NIRV. We're so busy arguing over Bible translations that we've forgotten our first love, the milk that we first experienced, which is that God loves you and he's accomplished for you in Christ all the things that you could never accomplish for yourself. For some of us, that's what God wants for us. Remind us of the milk, of the gospel, of where we started so how do, we, how do we do this? How do we grow like Jesus? I think we do like Jesus. If nothing else, the, what, what we see in this passage is Jesus is like us. In Hebrews, it talks about him being the priest that we can understand, the priest that we can model our lives after. And we see Jesus listening, listening to the word being taught. We also see him later in life, we see him teaching there is a place for us to listen. And for some of us, for teaching. That might be how we grow, is by teaching. He was an example that we could see, that we could hear. The people that followed him, that were with him, doing life together is a way that we grow. You can't, well, you know, we kept going back and forth of whether or not this statement is true. Let me just say it, that you cannot grow outside of community. You cannot grow outside of community. I don't know. I think it's really hard to grow outside of community. If you look at the model that Jesus has laid out, he was in community with others. He was living life together so that they weren't just talking about things and then, hey, see you next week. They were living life together. They were living out the things that they talked about and experienced. I believe that through community, we can experience it. And empowered by the Holy Spirit, Jesus was dependent. He said, I can't do nothing by myself. And he tells us, you can't do anything unless you're connected to me. We need to be empowered by the Spirit. We cannot fall back on our, I can do it on my own. If I just memorize enough of the Bible, if I just study harder, if I just force myself to do this or to do that. No, it's empowered by the Spirit. What we should be saying is, I want God to lead me. It's, it's him it's God who works in me to will and to, and to change and to be transformed. God is the agent who does that in us. Surrendering to him, working in partnership with him. So, Wednesdays. <laughs> River City Church is kicking off another thing on Wednesday. We are trying another way to get people growing at River City Church. It will not happen if you don't go. 
<laughs> it was, even if it was the best program in the world, which I can tell you, it won't be the best program in the world. But if it was the best program in the world, it doesn't matter because if you're not there, no one's going to grow. And so I want to encourage you to be a part of our family. If you would consider River City Church your home, be a part of our growth strategy. Participate in it. Come out. Go to the morning Bible study. Go to the evening. Bring your kids. You know, I was thinking about the opportunities I want for my children to grow. I want them to be able to participate in the, in the class that Amy has put so much work into preparing. I want my kids to be a part of that. Kathy in her morning Bible study. She's put in work. She's put in strategy. And how can we do life together? How can we do community and, and study the word of God and be transformed and changed? It can only happen if we participate. Josh and Holly in Financial Peace. I don't know what the purpose-driven life is, but it's going to be awesome. You need to come out for it. And we came up with that name. I'm not, I'm not sure how, we're going to, how that's going to work into it. But it doesn't matter. The point is that we're getting together to grow, to, to open up the Word of God and to do it inside of a community together. Don't be selfish. That's the other thing. <laughs> don't be selfish. Come. If you're thinking, I don't need that. I've got better things to do. I would say, help, participate, be a part of this body. If you don't think you need to grow, help others grow. Share your experiences. If you don't think you need to listen, teach. But participate in this process of helping us grow. Let me pray for us. God, we are humbled at the things that you have done, of the favor that you have given us freely through Christ, free to us. And we pray that it's from that place of favor and of of realizing your love that we can grow. That we could grow in wisdom and understanding. That we could grow in our experience with you. That we could know you more and more. And we pray specifically for River City Church and for Antley who you've established as our leader. We pray, God, that you would be guiding us that you would be directing us, that you would be bringing us to a place of experiencing the life that you've designed and advancing it, advancing your kingdom in Jacksonville and in the world, allowing other people to experience that same life that you are, that you are giving to us. We pray this morning in Jesus' name, amen.